it is good to be here and I am feeling better there I have you know good days bad days or whatever but overall I am starting to feel somewhat better and um, have some things on the agenda to help with my hip and everything I am having surgery so um, in some ways I'm looking forward to that some ways I'm like I don't really want to have that done but I'm just glad to be kind of heading in the right direction of getting some relief from this so but it's really good to be here today um, so I know that uh, we're very close to the election super close and I partially in the, in this teaching this morning I know that there are going to be things that you think of um, politically I mean everything that's going on the atmosphere um, things that you're hearing people say things that you're hearing on the news and I very much think that a lot of this is linked to um, you know what we're seeing and what we're hearing right now I don't know how anybody else feels but I am so ready for Tuesday to get here <laughs> I'm just ready for it to get here and go I mean I I want um, God's will and and whatever it is that he has for our country I believe that all of it is in his hands um, but there's so much that I hear on a daily basis and so many um, twistings and things that are occurring that I'm just like I, I just I don't, I don't think I've ever um, you know and I know they say this is like an, an election like no other and I, I feel like that that is so true and even more so than the last election and so it's, it's going to be interesting but um, so please I'm in the midst of this as I'm, I'm teaching and I always say this feel free to um, chime in if you have any comments um, any questions anything that you want to contribute and even though I'm not a real um, political person per se um, I heard uh, Monica talking about her family and how you know they're just different dynamics there with um, politics but in my family most everybody is pretty conservative but there are some liberals in my family and so there have been political discussions at the Thanksgiving table and everything for years and um, so um, you know I've always tried to look at both sides and um, to consider what other people have to say and to um, you know listen to them but I also know I have my beliefs that I stand on and I have to um, make my decisions based on that so one of the things that in the last um, couple of weeks of, of this this phrase here our reasonable service and our service not just our service to our country but mainly our service to the king what is it that that we're called to do I mean we if I were to ask you that question you would you know come out with a list of answers you know probably first and foremost we're to intercede we're to stand in the gap and right now we are interceding and standing in the gap for our country in, in big ways and we need to be we need to continue that um, even beyond um, you know the election day I mean we're gonna really need to be standing in the gap so um, my mind was going there in a lot of ways but also you know where should our focus be because I know for myself in my work environment even though it's not I mean it's highly discouraged to talk about politics there are people that get around it by doing certain things and saying certain things and you feel the atmosphere you know the mindset that's going on um, I have I have very good friends who um, 
are very liberal, and I did not realize how liberal and really teetering on the side of socialists, um, I didn't realize how much that was until this election. And it's been a real struggle in some ways because I love these people very much and they're dear friends of mine, but to try to understand their mindset of why, why they think certain things are beneficial to our country, I, it's, it's beyond me. I really, you know, I wanna have a, an open heart and mind, but I also use the word of God as my basis for what I believe and I know a very dear friend of mine who is really struggling. She, she is a Christian, but she has really strayed away. And now I'm seeing in this election, I knew she was pretty liberal, but I'm seeing her go in a direction that really breaks my heart because um, it's just so twisted. It's, it's just so twisted. So um, anyway, we're going to dive right in. This, this, um, this first verse in Romans, we're going to actually go through the whole um, chapter of Romans 12. And I'm um, just discuss these different verses and these things that we're really called to, to do. And I feel like in this season of where we are right now, that this is um, going to be extremely important for us to, to remember. So, um, Romans 12:1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And so that that verse, I just really. Um, I mean, there's so much there. I mean, we know that, um, you know, we're, we're called to be that living sacrifice for him and that we're the hagios and that we're supposed to be pure and blameless and consecrated unto God. And if there ever was a time that we need to see, I mean, people need to see us living it, it's now. And um, to be that example. And our service, first and foremost, is, is to God. And um, that is, um, you know, ministry unto God. It's worship. So um, that's our reasonable service. That's, that's what we're called to do. Um, being acceptable unto God is being well-pleasing, pleasing him. And um, that beseeching there is like a calling near and inviting. It's pericaleo. And so we're called to do that. Um, to present ourselves that way, I mean, as of that living sacrifice. So that's that's kind of our starting point there with um, um, that, you know, our reasonable service. Okay, then you go into Romans 12 too. Um, I labeled each one of these. They're not really, um, <coughs> I mean, catchy phrases, or whatever. But it's just words from um, that specific scripture that really stood out to me. How. For instance, in uh, Romans 12, 2, we're, we're called to be transformed, not conformed. And so um, it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, so first of all, we're not to be conformed to this world. We know that. I mean, but it's just so interesting to me right now how... There are things that, like, the liberal side will say that try to pull at the heartstrings. It's like, um, you know, but if you don't believe this, then you're not wanting to help people. You're not wanting to do this. And that is so not true. That's not, um, that's not the way it is, but that's the way that they perceive it. And so we can't allow ourselves to be conformed to that type of thinking um, 
because they think that is the right way. So to conform to something means to fashion a like, to, to be like that. So we're, not, we're called not to be conformed to that, and to the ways and the thinking of the world. But we're, um, we're called to be transformed. Um, and I put something on my notes. I'm sorry, I've got like two pages of notes here. I have my notes and then I have my added notes. <laughs> You know, let's put your notes. <laughs> my notes are my notes. So, how many of you have ever done that? <laughs> okay. So, to transform is like metamorphosis. It's to change in form, appearance, or structure. And um, so, we're called to do that. And I also put um, on this on conforming is to act. So, think about this whenever you think about how um, others around you may be wanting you to conform to their, their thoughts and ideas. It means to act in accordance or harmony with something, to act in accord with the prevailing standards, attitudes, practices, etc., of society or some group. Do we have a lot of that going on right now? You think about all the groups that we have, you know, going on right now that are trying to set a standard that is not godly, um, set a standard that is. Um, Violent. Yeah, through fear and shame. Yeah, they're shame. They'll shame you. Yeah. Um, so we can't allow ourselves to be conformed to that kind of thinking because there are, again, these different groups. They will try in certain ways to pull on the heartstrings of people. So is it okay to riot and um, that's not peaceful protest? Is it okay to loot? It's that's not okay. And so that, you know, that um, twisting there, they're trying to get you to conform to something that, that society says is okay or that a group of people says that is okay, which is, it's not. And again, y'all jump in if you, if you have anything that you want to share. And um, on where it says that you may prove was that is the, Prove what is that good? So that prove there is um, to test or prove, and we know good there's agathos. Um, anything that is acceptable is well pleasing, and that perf perfectness is also completeness. So um, that's where our focus should be. I mean, being transformed daily, being transformed into and formed into um, His likeness, and not what we're seeing on a daily basis in our world. Okay, um, the next section is um, Romans 12, 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Um, that not thinking highly of yourself is um, kind of not being showy, don't think... Um, you know, that you're necessarily better than someone. Um, don't esteem yourself too much, um, uh, being vain, arrogant, but rather um, think soberly. Exercise your mind in a sober way, in a serious um, demeanor. <laughs> I think it's interesting that the two main points verse 2 and 3 had to do with what's going on in your thinking. What, what's going on in your mind? 
and um, you know something I feel like our body and the, the network has really endured in the last few years maybe since judgment and burning I'm not you know I can't pinpoint when it began but when we began to talk about our perspective and we knew that God was really working on our perspectives and I think it's an ongoing work because I know that's been going on for 20 years it's not like he started three years ago and you know thank God he started <laughs> to touch our minds I know we know that that's something that's a continual situation and it says that it has to be um, something that's ongoing because um, renewing is an ongoing verb it's something that's continual uh, not something that's happened once and you are transforming your mind so that you can do the will of God I mean that's that's what it says and then endure the testing but then when it goes on to talk about not thinking of yourself more highly just and being more sober I mean what are you focused on are you really focused on getting ahead are you focused on you know only what's going on in your life or are you focused on you know what's going on in the realm what's what God is doing so I just feel like it's I mean that's to me in this season that's always a rhema for us because our what how we perceive things and then you know process it in our thinking and then like pastor says you know our steering, steering wheel starts to guide us to where we're going to go because our heart is going to take what we're thinking and act on it and so our perspective is just a huge not renewing it's just a huge process mm -hmm. say something to that too as far as again I had not planned um, or you know I'm not really trying to think politically here but it's just it's there it's in our face and we we know that it is but all of these things come to my mind when I think about not being showy not being arrogant not being vain I want you just to think if you've watched the debates if you've um, you know watched different town hall meetings and things like that have you seen individuals that appear and verbalize things in ways that are arrogant and vain and how dare you say I'm not this how you know and things like that how, how dare you say that I'm not um, I don't I'm not a person of faith or things like that just you know different things that are said that are um, arrogant or um, I don't know the atmosphere of people that I work with and things you're hearing is that you know, I, I, when I hear some of these things coming, I say thank God that we're in alignment. Because so easily you can get this way by what people are saying to you or you, know, you lack of compassion or you should go and do this or you should be part of this and all those and then you know like oh that's a good cause you know do this food bank or do this whatever and there's stuff that's been happening at work you know you know, we need y'all to come and be part of the body and go and give and do and be and spend your Saturday like this and the, you know that kind of thing and I'm just like and it you know it just it's so easy and you just you hear people saying things and you're thinking there's the center. You know, God has grounded us. He has put us in the center of his will. And you just see so much veering off. And it's, you know, and when those things come, I just sit 
silently in the midst of it, and I just thank God. Because right. we have that. You know what I mean? And it's something to be grateful for. It's something to celebrate. You know, that we've been called to be in that center. And I think that is where our focus has to be, and I feel like that too is that's our measure of service in this season. That's where we are. That's where we should be. And um, I'm not going to say it would be easy to be pulled away by that thinking because we um, were rooted and grounded, but it, it can pull on you, and you, you really have to remember, you know, your purpose before him. And it's those things are, they, like you said, with alignment, they, they don't align with what, what he's calling us to do and what he wants for our country. And most of the people I work with are church people. And to see it, you know, it's just not. I think one of the, one of the ways that, it, to me, it's so profound how God is moving through this season, this election season. I mean, it is undeniable to me because The thing that, that we focus on is the rule of righteousness. And that rule of righteousness is, is aligned with the scripture. So when you look at the issues, which is what everybody should be doing, there is no question. It's like when I think about these two sides, there is not one ounce of question where God is. And, and I love that because to me, that's the manifestation of his spirit in this whole thing. And, and otherwise, we would suffocate. But because, like Monica said, you know, we stand on behalf of that rule of righteousness. And you can look at every issue, every major issue that's being debated. And when you look at it from the eyes of Scripture, there is no question where God is. And so that's what we stand on. That's what we pray for today. And that's what we believe, you know, God is in this. He is in this. So yeah. I'm so thankful for that. And they can't see that. No. Because they're so blinded that's the by. the deception of the enemy. Yeah. I'm but there's blinded. no gray area. There's no gray area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Romans 12, 4 through 8. Uh, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Lots of things there that our focus should be on. Um, when we're one body, we're sound, whole. Um, we, we work as one. And um, that waiting on our ministering is positioning ourselves to be ready and instrumental when called upon. I mean, we're in a season, we're always in a season, where we're, we're positioning ourselves to be ready um, at a moment's notice. So. Um, even in this time, to speak that truth that, that needs to be spoken um, in, this, in this time. Um, exhorting others uh, with simplicity, 
and with singleness, sincerity, generosity, and not in a way that is self-seeking. Um, ruling with diligence, which is prosdimi, means to stand in rank and practice and preside. So several things there, showing mercy with cheerfulness. Those are the things that we're called right now, to right now. And I, you know, for one, when I look at different individuals who are allowing um, other things to um, cloud or blind what it is that is is righteous, they're not. They're, this is not what I see. This is I don't see this. I don't see the cheerfulness. I don't see the joy um, of the Lord. I just see their kind of anguish over um, their. I mean, I, like I said, I have friends who constantly are putting stuff on Facebook, you know, about certain things. And I have to admit, uh, and I, I don't get in political stuff on Facebook um, for many reasons. One of them is because, you know, with my job, I mean, at any point they could check Facebook. But so I'll type something and I'll backspace. <laughs> and I'll go, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just not, I'm not responding to that. Um, because it's just, these, this is where my focus should be. And when I'm doing these things, when I'm, um, I'm not going to argue with people over that. I'm not going to, um, I know what I believe. And I, I've had, you know, conversations with different ones. And um, I found that they have their, their many reasons, but they, it just doesn't, there's such um, confusion whenever they're talking. I feel like there's just such a confusion because they're, they're just talking in circles about how this is the way it should be, but yet their focus is just, it's just, so, it's just so off. And I just want my focus to be here and um, that, that wholeness and, and ministering with the body of Christ and continuing on in his purpose and what he's called us to do. Trish, I think too, I think. Sorry, you asked us to comment. <laughs> Go for it, girl. Go for it. No, but I think one of the um, one of the main influences through this whole thing has to do with this mercy, because what's happened is what's been moving the people is unsanctified mercy. When we know that true mercy comes from the throne and aligns with His righteousness, and so. The mercy that we extend is from the throne, and it's, it's, it's his directive, and it's sanctified. But what we're battling against is unsanctified mercy, which says, oh, let everyone into the country. You know, and, and all these things that create these debates about, well, the Christian people aren't standing on behalf of everyone, you know, and, and the division. But to me, the clarification is really so much seen in the mercy and the manifestation of that mercy and so much of our country is flowing in that unsanctified mercy that is creating these enormous just divisions. So, very good point. Okay, Romans 12, nine through 10. Let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Okay, dissimulation, um, 
is basically putting on the appearance of something. So um, faking, pretending, being hypocritical. So don't let um, love let love be without dissimulation. Um, abhor <coughs> evil. So that's like an an utterly detesting of that which is evil. We have to be at that point where we abhor. To me, that's such a strong word to um, describe what what we should do. But to cleave to that which is good, and cleaving to something is like sticking to it, gluing yourself to that. So that's where our focus should be. That's where we should um, be so close to and bonded with is with um, with the good. I think one of the things that God's done with us is teach us the difference between good and evil. I mean, we spent 20 years trying to hone our skills to discern between good and evil. And I don't know about you guys, but it's so clear. I mean, there's just not a, you know, there's not a question, but I don't think, I think a lot of Christians probably suffer from, you know, they're falling into the trap of whatever the, the narrative is, and they, and they become delusional about what the truth is. And, you know, we've, we've said it before, this is not the first time it's been said, but, you know, saying what is good, calling it evil, and vice versa. But, you know, when you, you have to know what these things are in order to pour one and to cleave to the other. But if you call an evil good and you're cleaving to that, see, they're cleaving to that, what they think is good. Right. And so it's, I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting concept to me, to how important it is to actually, actually to be able to discern what the difference between good and evil is. I mean, we take it for granted maybe because it's so obvious to right. us. You know, but, but we've been trained in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it didn't just come, but we, we exercised, you know, we exercised our gifts and we, you know what I mean? We've been exercising our gifts so that we can discern these things. And, right. and now it is so plain. So there is, like you guys were saying, there's such a confidence in what we know and being able to really see what is right. Yeah. So you can't, it's hard to fall into the trap when the trap is, you know, it's not hidden from you. You Very see clear, it yeah. so clearly. Anyway. Very good. I like this verse because it it uh, talks about uh, love without, uh, in effect, dishonesty, dissimulation, um, hypocrisy, love without hypocrisy, uh, abhor that which is evil, cleave that which is good, and in uh, verses before that, uh, it's really talking about putting something above what our commission is. It doesn't matter if we put one political party above our commission or the other political party above our commission. Both are wrong. We are to put our priority on brotherly love and not upon the brothers that are in the party. And uh, it, it happens to both sides. And when it happens to both sides, it means that we are being haughty within ourselves, putting ourselves above the commission that we have been given by God. And uh, it's sobering to read these verses. should be to all of us. That uh, when someone is falling away from the truth, they're going to start believing a lie. 
and what we see is people replacing the the commission they have been given by God with a new assumed commission that they are placing themselves under to a party. So therefore, it doesn't matter which party. It's wrong. It's placing something above the commission we've been given by God. Yeah, very true. Good point. And my next point on that was, and I couldn't resist bringing this out, but brotherly love there, y'all is uh, Greek word Philadelphia. <laughs> Think about what's going on right now. Um, you know, in a place that is supposed to be um, a place of brotherly love is um, engaged in um, acts of violence and theft and destruction. Um, it's named for being beloved, dear, and loving, but it's being rocked by destruction and hate. And um, I just find that kind of interesting. And then, let's see. And then the last part, in honor, preferring one another. So just esteeming others. Um, and that's when you're doing that, when you're preferring one another, you're leading the way for them. So that's, that's extremely important um, because you're setting that example. You're being that, um, that example for them when you're preferring them. Okay, Romans 12, 11 through 13. Be uh, not slothful in business, but be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, and given to hospitality. So don't be slothful, uh, which means um, showing no exertion, um, being lazy. It also means irksome, <laughs> being irksome. Annoy I guess it would be annoying if someone is um, slothful. Um, so in, in business there, in, don't, don't be lazy in eagerness or earnestness, but rather be fervent. So that's to be hot or glow, having or showing great warmth or intensity of spirit, a feeling or enthusiasm, being ardent, but rather be a slave to serving the Lord and be patient, persevere, because we know there are times of tribulation. There's that pressure, but we're to pers persevere in that. Uh, be instant in prayer. Uh, be diligent to pray. Um, distribute, which is koinoneo, to share with others to the necessity of saints. Be hospitable. Okay, Romans 12, 14 through 15. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Uh, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. So when you're blessing someone, you're speaking well of them. Um, it says to bless those persecutors, those that persecute you, those that are pursuing with harassing 
or oppressive treatment. And it says especially because of, and this was um, me looking this up in the dictionary because I wanted just a further definition of persecution, but persecution becomes because of religious or political beliefs. Um, it can also have to do with um, ethnicity, race, um, but bless those who persecute you. Um, speaking eulogio over them and not cursing them, not dooming them. Uh, we're called to rejoice with others and weep with others. And I feel like in this time, we have so much political mudslinging and um, just responses from the media and, and everything else. It is just, there's so much, um, so many words that are um, damning and, and doom and gloom. And I'm gonna end um, the teaching in just a few minutes with something that really stood out to me that was said um, this last week that I felt like was trying to speak a, a doom or damning um, word over our, over our country. So our, our words should bless others, not curse them. Okay, having spiritual mindedness. Um, Romans 12, 16 through 17. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. So exercise your mind. Um, be like-minded with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't be like-minded with those of the world, but those that you serve among, um, be like-minded with them. Um, be mentally disposed to each other's thoughts and ideas. Um, don't entertain your mind on lofty things, um, but yield to others. Be humble. Um, don't have an excessively favorable opinion of your own abilities or importance. <laughs> uh, don't return evil for evil. We see lots of evil right now. We don't need returning evil for evil. We see that in the world too. In the face of all men, be virtuous, honest, consider in advance those things which you say and do in the sight of others. Very important that we evaluate <coughs> the words that come forth out of our mouth in the sight of other people. Okay, live peaceably. Romans 12, 18 through 19. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So when possible, live at peace with all men. Don't avenge others. Do not retaliate. We know um, vengeance or retribution is God's. He's going to recompense. Um, don't... Um, don't give place to wrath. Don't get angry. Let it go. There are things that could make us very angry right now. I mean, there's, you know, a difference between godly anger and things that we allow to really trip us up and cause us to, um, you know, act in this way. In a world where there seems to be constant unrest, we must strive to live out peace with others. So if it's not possible, use your ammo wisely. <laughs> 
Yeah, I did say if, be, if it be possible. <coughs> Sometimes it seems quite um, impossible, doesn't it? Okay. Um, overcoming the evil of this world, Romans 12, 20 through 21. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So if your enemy hungers or thirsts, give him food or drink. I think this you're speaking to the food truck man. <laughs> I think you're speaking to Rick. I am. The food truck man. <laughs> and this will heap coals of fire upon him. Again, don't allow yourselves to be overcome by the evil of this world, but overcome the evil with God's goodness. Um, so I need to get a coal-fired farmer's for my pizza. <laughs> Maybe you should park your truck in the parking lot on Tuesday <laughs> and serve all these people that are coming in. There you go. I've, I've thought about so that. <laughs> One of the things that, that I've always had a question about this, so I might as well bring it up now. And I, maybe, Pastor, you can address this, but you know we're not supposed to we're supposed to bless those that curse us and of course we do that but when i read through the psalms and i see clearly when david is cursing his enemies is that okay <laughs> i mean really i mean <laughs> what where's the line of demarcation where it's so because then i i it's like i don't want to curse anybody but then i can pull a psalm out you know when the enemy is just surrounding him and he it's like he's just got carte blanche just to be able to lay into them. Well, I think one of the things that separates David from what we are is that so much of what David was saying was about warfare and about those that were trying to take the kingdom down or an enemy nation or, you know, the one he didn't curse was Saul um, because he didn't want to touch God's anointed. But um, you know, and I think that's the measure of warfare. I mean, our nation's gone through, like like yesterday, you know, or two days ago, when SEAL Team 6 went into Nigeria and got that American guy that had been captured in Niger. Uh, they killed some guys. And they had to. Because those people up in northern Nigeria, God forgive me for saying this, are just nuts. They, they're, they're devoted to killing Christians up there. That's just a fact. And really, any white person is fair game for the purpose of uh, getting uh, a Western government or Western insurance or businesses to pay uh, ransom. And so, for David, you know, he, he, he was speaking more from a perspective of all those nations around him ready to, to, to kill and he was representing what God wanted in the kingdom. You know, we're, we're in a position here where uh, you know, we're not we're, it's a spiritual warfare it's a social tug of war but we really we really aren't in a position to go out and write people out and so I think that's the that's the framework for David, where he was he had people that were really bent on killing him and taking off his head, and um, lots of different groups, lots of different nations. And so it, it is kind of confusing when you hear him reading, you know, you know, let the 
angel of the Lord chase them with their leg, way dark and slippery. You know, I've, I've prayed that in principle at times to, you know, to really thwart what an enemy agenda was to people. But for, for, for David, you know, um, <laughs> I know, I would, I would like you, I read those things and I think, how can you this is the word of God. How can you say that? But then you have to put it in context. This was a warrior and he was a lover. I mean, he was a warrior, spirit, physically. And um, so, you know, we don't have that latitude. But, you know, in the New Testament, it says, bless those who curse. And it uses the eulogia, where you, you're speaking over them. Let them. Let them get in alignment with what God's purpose is. Let them get in alignment with what God really wants. And that's, it's uh, it's just crazy right now because it's not just a political thing. We've had, you study the history of America, we've had uprisings of communism big time. I mean, back in the 30s, there were several major, major riots for communism. And um, it was during the Depression. And we had our anarchists I mean, before World War One. You know, there, there was a lot of anarchy attacks. One of them almost destroyed Wall Street, killed all kinds of people. They were Italian anarchists. Um, there was one, one that happened where they blew up this island across from Statue of Liberty and shattered windows all through New York City and you know it, it's crazy to see and then even in the in the 70s you know how many bombings happened across this country and so you've seen those crazy things go on but there was there's been nothing like what we're seeing now where the enemy maybe it's social media maybe it's the way that we can just instantly talk with one another. You see all these things, but the enemy, you, you see the prince of the power of the air. You see Leviathan. You see an agenda to wipe out what God is wanting, to wipe out religious liberty. To, and to a, to a large degree, that has never been part of, it may have been in the ideology of some of these off groups. It's, it's never been that forecast. So, we're living in a time unlike any other and setting the stage for what we read in the Bible that's coming. And it's not far off now. So how do we how do we bless those that curse in alignment with God's purpose? And how do we apply the things that are in the Holy Word of God that David said without going down some kind of a um, jihad <laughs> you know, Numata Jihad, you know, how, how do you how do you do that? I think I think some of these agendas that we see, that I know it's not God's timing to allow that to come. I've been I've been declaring things just me personally that God would set ambushments, that God would scatter, that God would bring confusion upon some of these ideologies and and to and to really scatter them. So to me, this is a long, long word. But um, 
verses, and I thought, you know, I recognize we're not out swinging swords naturally right now, but there's got to be a principle in these that we can apply right now. And um, I tell you, though, I, mean, I, I go back to those several years in a row where God allowed the network to go up into the Northwest and to pray and to seek God up in in um, Washington and in Oregon. And that door's closed now. And you, you can see the craziness that's coming up out of the woodwork um, that's just demonic. It's just demonic and it's being cajoled and it's being welcomed by people that are should be in control but they're allowing. And you see, this is part of what we were praying about. This is part of what we were worried about. And I have to believe that God is going to, to emerge and there's going to be a visitation of the Spirit there. But, wow. Anyway, that's my 20 cents. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're going to end this with... Um, Exactly what the enemy was saying. Yes, yeah. that's the thing. It's like right. we know what the enemy was saying there, right. and we rebuke that. That's yes. right. <laughs> so that is just something that's really stuck with me. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not. We're not. And I mean, I know there are lots of verses and things that we could, um, you know, quote. And but I just, I have a couple here that I just um, put on here that Jesus was sent to, um, to us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And to guide our feet into the way of peace, Luke one seventy eight, and then John one fourteen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. 
But as many as received him, to them he gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the, world, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that's what I stand on with that. I just, um, the lot of the Lord is here and will be here. And we will not end 2020 in a winter of darkness. We will walk in the light of the Lord. You know what I see here? Is I see that statement made at this at this juncture in the timeline as we are moving in and stepped into the year of the prophet of the year of prophecy life supply and talking about John welcoming the light this year is going to be a year where we are welcoming the son of God to this earth just through that spirit of prophecy so that is talk about cursing that is the enemy speaking against the divine plan of God. Nope. Um, it's interesting that we're talking about this topic today because early this morning I had a dream. Um, and in the dream, Obama was in the dream and he was broken before the Lord. And so. I, I was thinking when you read the verse and was talking about the arrogance, um, you know, in, in my lifetime, Obama was the most arrogant president, you know, that I've ever had. But, um, and so I was thinking about him when you were talking about that. And, but I had that dream this morning and in that dream, he was broken before the Lord. So um, it's just, says to me the importance of you know praying for our government and for our leaders because you know the Lord can do what he can do and um, you know we I prayed for him when he was our president because scripture says to pray for those in leadership over us but um, so I, so I did, out of a duty, I prayed for him. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, how important it is for us to bless those in leadership and pray for those and let the Lord deal. You know, we'd like to see some things dealt with quickly and in the natural, but only God knows what's going on in the spirit in those people and um, but it was interesting that I mean I don't know why I would dream of him and um, because he's not in leadership anymore except that he's you know on he's supporting Biden and um, and maybe that's why you know I've heard his name in the news but, but I when I hear Biden or any of those on the radio, I turn it off because I don't want to hear it. But um, but I think you know the Lord is able to deal with that mindset and and that type of people, and um, it, it just kind of encouraged me that I mean not that he's 
been broken and and given his life to the Lord or anything, but um, it just kind of reminds me that you know we have to pray for for everybody who is in leadership and um, so that the Lord can have His way, whether they respond in a righteous way or not. Um, it's still our responsibility just to, to be sure to pray. But, um, and, you know, you were talking about work, and, and, and Monica was mentioning work and the people and their their mindsets, and, and they claim to be Christians. And um, I had a girl at work the other day. I voted early, and she just came right out and said, did you vote for Trump? I said, yes, I did. And... She, she started going on about why she wasn't sure who she was going to vote for because of this, this, and this, and this. And I said, I said, you know what? I can't vote for anything that doesn't line up with the Word of God. And she was like, yeah, but. I said, no, no but. And, um, and she, I think she went away a little disheartened and, um, about it. But um, we have to, you know, vote what the word stands for and um, and she was going on about how Trump is so this and that I said you know what I said yes he can come across in ways that maybe he could be a little more tame but he's right on so many things and I said you know I can't vote for somebody that stands for all these other things and um so she and I had a conversation, but, um, you know, just seeing in my dream this morning how broken Obama was, you know, makes me know that uh, God is still in control. He can do what he wants to do. Yeah, it's interesting you said that. It made me think about... Um, back when uh, President Trump and Melania <coughs> were diagnosed with COVID. Um, I, I did post on Facebook and I said, regardless of your political beliefs, I think we all can agree that we should pray for our president and his wife right now. Um, some of my little <coughs> friends, one of them told me, I didn't respond on Facebook to that because I'm praying for everybody that has COVID. It doesn't matter if it's a president or not. And then somebody else was like, she put on there, I'm, I'm praying for everybody that has COVID. And they don't get that, that regardless if you agree with who we have as a president, if you call yourself a Christian, and this one person does, um, you're supposed to pray for those in authority. And, you know, I've prayed for presidents for years that I did not help put in office <laughs> because that's what we're called to do. And so that mindset just tells you where they're, you know, where they're thinking is. But there were so many horrific things that were said during that time when they had COVID. I, you talk about discerning good from evil. Yeah. How can you not see that? I mean, it was just blatant evil just right there before us. I don't see how people can't see how evil that is. I hope he dies. Yeah. I mean, the horrible I things I just know. over and over again. I just think, are you? blind or stupid or, or both. <laughs> I, I, yeah because that's just that's just evil or just that hateful it's hate <laughs> it is 
when I went to go take care of my dad, he wasn't flying his flag. And I'm like, Daddy, why aren't you flying your flag? He goes, because he ain't my president. I'm like, Daddy, <laughs> you still need to fly your flag. God put him in office. Guess what? He is your he's president. Like, he's like, you're right. <laughs> so he started flying his flag. He's funny. <laughs> Thank you.